What's up, everybody? It is Doug Wagner from Films in Black and White. Just letting you know that next week we will be taking a week off from the live stream and the podcast uh, in order to prep for our big 100th celebration um, coming up on the 21st. You will not be without some great movie content, though, because we will be over on the podcast Backlot 605 uh, talking about the help, uh, which should be a fantastic discussion. And then a reminder that you should join us on our social media pages, uh, Facebook at films in black and white instagram at films in black and white and on twitter at films films in b underscore w uh, because we'll be doing our big hundredth celebration on the 21st the live stream will be free to everybody and then that big hundredth episode will drop on the 23rd so it's going to be an exciting time and we don't want you to miss out so make sure you are following us over on those pages now on with the show um Longoria suggests the movie will take movie goers by surprise um, this is a weird sentence for an actress to say. She says, I have Flamin' Hot coming out. That's the other feature <laughs> film I also directed during COVID. <laughs> you may fire when ready. podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. I am so excited people are here with us on this fantastic Monday. Y'all, I'm ready to get after it. I am I came here, I had my my Wheaties. I had I'm like ready to pod today. Like I'm ready to get after it today. Um, so I'm glad everybody is here. Well, let's start off with you. How are you feeling, Doug Wagner? Yeah, I, you know, it's been a weird day. Um, I was telling these guys before that there are some factors that have contributed to my weird day. Um, but it's also been kind of like what is it? The facts of life used to say, like the theme song to the facts of life were like, you take the good, you take the bad, and yep. what do you have? The facts of life. And so I had a really good morning, but I also had some weird shit that happened today. So like, I'm taking all of it in. Like I hit a new back squat PR today. So Ooh, I hit nice. Okay. I hit three. I hit three forty five on my back squat, which I'm wow. Like, like, I'm oh, jacked about strong but, back, sir. Three hundred and forty five ounces. Yeah, that's a lot. No, I'm joking. Ounces? No, uh, no ounces. <laughs> what the fuck? Just switching it. Just switching it on. You're lifting a glass of milk. I was yeah, like, basically. you just lifting Dumbled boxes it. of water? What's going on I'm over there? I'm just lifting a shit. You know those milks that they come in bags that you can buy from the convenience store? Mm, just doing that. The one we used to get like in middle school? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, yep. But no, it's been a good day, so um, I'm excited. Um, it was like 50 degrees here, so we went outside it today. Was. So um, it was a good day. Wow. Um, Brian Roush. How are you feeling, sir? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm I'm good, but it's a it's a tired good. These gentlemen were kind enough to wait and start the podcast so I could get my newborn in bed, and yeah. that is newborn. super nice. Yeah. So uh, I'm feeling good because he went he went down no problems. So that's awesome. I also start a new job in a week, so this is my last week of my old <laughs> job. So it's a little bit of like senioritis right now because it's like, you should do this and it's like, I won't 
I'm not gonna be here, so yeah. someone else needs to do this. No, so you do it. Feeling good. Yeah. I'm gonna tell <laughs> you what I really want to say. Hey, hey, Brad, I really want to say, y'all suck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a big t- yeah. I, you can look, take that. Put together your own can, Excel sheet and your own. You know where you should put that. Yeah. <laughs> Figure well, it out. Look, uh, I'm look. I'm I'm excited for a new phase. I'll, I'll say that. But Marcus, how are you? Ooh. I'm here. Uh, you know, Black History Year is still going on. My black is. is beautiful. Um, it is indeed. I have I have something to say. Do yeah, it. Joe Rogan and Daniel Elk. Let's do it. I have shit to say about this. I'm glad we're yep. starting here. Here we go. And Doug, Doug, I want to give props to Douglas because he's using his platforms as a champion, as he should, you know, as a, as a, just as a good person, not just because he has a, has a podcast platform. He would have done it in general. Um, but Joe, this whole situation with Joe Rogan and Daniel Elk, I understand at the root of it all, it's about the money. I I understand. Daniel Elk is not gonna turn nobody away because money. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play a scenario for you, right? Let's do parallels real quick. Whoopi Goldberg got suspended for saying some comments about the Jewish community and the Holocaust. That she did. Joe Rogan just got 70 episodes suspended. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not really an equal comparison. So yes, I you know, I just want to let you know that it is still alive and well. I am not discrediting any communities, you know, and not playing the um oppression Olympics or who got it bad, um Usher or um, aka the Usher Olympics. Um but I am going to point out, you know what I mean? It's Black it's Black History Month and for people like me, it's important and you know, for mm-hmm. kids growing up, it's important and this used to be like you used to learn a lot of shit about it, but instead we get news like this about Joe Rogan, you know, saying as a white guy, well, my stuff was taken out of context when they put that compilation together. No, the words shouldn't have never been coming out your goddamn mouth. And I don't know why yeah, you the problem I have with it. Comfortable to say that. And that's and, and, and if I can around. Yeah, exactly. And it, and the other thing is is that's like um, his whole bullshit excuse of like, I'm not trying to be controversial. Okay. Yeah. But you'll also understand the nature of the fucking game. And if you, yep. n- you know, full well, that if you say something that could be taken as controversial, you know, you're going to get more listens and it's going to cycle through the, through the news venues a little bit more and people are going to mm-hmm. notice it more. So, okay. You're not trying to be controversial. That's fine. Then mm-hmm. don't say controversial shit. Mm-hmm. Like both of those things can't be true. And don't you apologizing because you got caught? Those seventy yeah. episodes oh, been up there. Yeah, there is no, there is no, there is no warrant being like, yo. There's these old episodes where I, I realized that I used to say some things that wasn't right. You know, what I mean, I'm gonna take them down myself. You got taken down because people are trying to put the fire out at Spotify to this day. They're still trying to put this fire out. Yeah, because. You got the biggest, probably he had the most money over there at Spotify. I'm sure hundred million, hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars, and they not touching them because that's an investment that they made into him, and they would be losing money if well, they were gets, to kick Joe Rogan off their podcast. He gets eleven. He, I'm not ahead. expecting Spotify to do the right thing. I'm not expecting big corporations oh, no. to do the right thing. Um, but as people, if you are listening and you're a listener and you're a faithful listener of this podcast, I'm expecting you to do the right thing. Have integrity, even when it's you versus you in the mirror. Yeah. 
Like we have to start correcting this shit ourselves and stop. Cancel culture ain't going to do it. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't cancel Joe Rogan because me personally, I never fucked with Joe Rogan. I never like listened to him like that outside of watching fucking Fear Factor. But outside of that, or the man show, Joe Rogan never did anything for me. I don't even watch UFC like that. All right. Just be a good person. Just stop doing bullshit. If you make the mistakes, genuinely acknowledge it, genuinely learn from it, and make progression. And don't be upset when people keep bringing the shit up because guess what? You fucked it up. That's true. And you got to eat that sometimes. Yeah. That's just Marcus J. Destin's open. And if I can, can I, can I speak to the cancel culture people too for just a moment? This is what I also want to say, like to kind of piggyback off that comment. Let's create a space where people can acknowledge their mistakes without being persecuted for them. Like, if they're in your scenario, for example, Marcus, if I come to the table and say like, hey, years ago, I made a terrible mistake. I'm going to try and fix myself and, uh, and amend it, whether that's internally or whatever. But we can't. I feel like there's a I, me. Doug Wagner has a problem with this idea of like not giving people an opportunity to to learn. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes and this isn't obviously an example of that, but I struggle with the idea of like, let's give somebody at least some time to learn if they're going to do the work to admit that they've made a mistake on their own, not because they got caught, not because they're trying to do the right thing. Let's give them the space to do the right thing. But I guess it does make sense. And I, and I, and I agree with grace, but I also agree with people learning that lesson on their own, not because they got caught by cancel culture. Oh, hundred percent. a lot like don't look to, don't look to have grace from, cancel culture because they're not going to give it that's the internet yeah that's true they're not meant that's not their that's not their purpose and cancel culture for me it holds people to a responsibility because they get caught and put in the spotlight but it does not it does not have any end results or tangible like change so yeah and i i just want to say marcus i totally agree with you and fully support you and i feel like when a lot of people talk about like cancel culture and stuff like that like it just it gets so conflated when it's really just like no it's just like accountability and it would be different i feel like we all could agree it'd be different if joe rogan like on his own none of this (laughs) like nobody made compilation compilations or tweets but if he came out of the blue six months ago was like hey um so reviewing this this is bad i did a bad thing I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Here's what I'm going to do and dedicate like these podcast episodes to giving these people a platform to tell Mm -hmm. me why this was wrong. If he did that on his own, that's a completely different scenario. But when you double down, when someone's like, Hey, that thing you did, that was bad. And you just Mm -hmm. respond with like, I'm just asking questions. It's like, no, I'm telling you, you (laughs) you did harm. And you just keep saying, all I did was ask questions. It's like, you're not listening. Like, and it goes to Doug's point. Like you, you need to grow. Like you need to have this capacity to grow, but exactly what Marcus said of like, no, you're just, (laughs) you're upset. You got caught and you need to take accountability for that in whatever form that is. And I also don't think we're done with this either. Like, oh my I gosh, think, I oh. think that there's so many other things that are going to come out as we start to peel back the layers. The man does three and a half hour podcast episodes. That's, what the fuck are they talking about over there? That, so that, for, that format is just so long. It's, it's going to lead to so no, much nonsense. I, it's just I, so, so much. The last thing I want to say quickly before Brian, I, oh, I want I you to I have one thing in. and then go ahead. 
Um, I I don't understand cancel culture, so I think I misspoke when I said I wanted to speak to them directly. Um, accountability oh. is always good. Um, okay. I was maybe speaking towards creating a space. I just want to make sure I acknowledge that maybe no, I didn't understand. I think that well. cancel culture <laughs> is confusing because there are some people who. I, like me, when it first started happening, I was like, yes, accountability, expose them, put them out there. And then right. it took this turn where it was just trying to cancel people for every little thing right? as if we all don't make mistakes. <laughs> and so right. then that's where I'm just like, all right, that's not what I was looking for. But it is the accountability does matter and it does have yeah. to happen because who watches the watchers? That's great question. Love that. So. Brian, sorry, Brian. Oh no, the only the only thing I want to end is this bitter this bitter thought of like someone <laughs> on Twitter. I saw this on Twitter and I had to share it with this conversation of like, how does this Joe Rogan thing end? And someone's like, well, Taylor Swift sends a tweet and then it's all over and everyone comes back to the platform and Joe Rogan leaves. And I was like, I hate how plausible that is. I just that's I true. hate it. I hate true. it. But like, that's is this life, how we that's do the matrix things? we live in though? That's I know. True. It's like, is this how we do things now? It's like, okay, do we just have to like keep like tweeting ta Taylor Swift until she shows up in a mirror and she's like, "I have deemed this unworthy," and then Spotify's like, "Of course, Taylor Swift, of course." I, yes, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how this ends. A, it only takes a certain. It takes a certain amount of white. And here's the thing, though. But and I'm, this is my last thing. I swear. And do we it. Can get to do it. Do it. Um, I think Indy Ivory, along with some other artists, took their music off of Spotify. Right. Yep. yep. Um. It wasn't enough, but if right. Taylor Swift was to come in and to take the yep. music off of Spotify, and That's maybe Beyonce, maybe Jay Z, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know. But if Taylor Swift, for sure, it takes a certain amount of white power <laughs> position to then outwash the other white yep. power position, right? It's it, this is me and my black ass and how no, I. No, you're right though. But I it's, hate power, it. it's it's all power dynamics. It's always it's, like yeah. it's not. It's they've accumulated a certain level of cultural power, and now they need to leverage that. They need to combine those two parts to become the superhero that they can be, which is yeah. they've used their cultural power <laughs> and their white privilege to be able to overcome <laughs> is what they it's, need to uh, do. It's, white it's, power. This is white privilege Voltron. That's there exactly it is. what that's they, a better way to say yeah. it. <laughs> there you go. So white powered white privilege Voltron is yeah. incredible. Well, yes, thank yeah. you for allowing me. I felt like it would be uh it would be ill of me not to say something. I'm not, and I'm I'm not stressing over Joe Rogan and this bullshit he got going on because the moment he has another podcast or something big happens in the news, everybody yeah. forgets. Spotify puts out a free three months of Spotify to say, I'm sorry for saying the N-word on <laughs> your damn podcast, and it'll be fine. I don't I expect tweet it Taylor from Swift them. that. Yeah, good point. Right, right. Yeah, right. I don't expect it from them, but just be a good person. Just be good. Be the best yep. version of yourself. That yeah. you totally. And there are people who have legitimately said, like, I can't leave Spotify. I have all these playlists I created. It's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, man. The music exists somewhere else. Just write it down or take a picture or you something. Got, you got what Apple the fuck music. is wrong with you? You got Apple YouTube. Music. By the way, there's yeah. you can import those playlists, people. So go Google that. You can figure I, yeah. that out. I promise. Yeah. Jesus. Um, Gentlemen, we have a whole podcast of movies to talk about. Yeah, yeah we do. Right. Movies, comics, and pop culture to talk about. <laughs> so let's get after it. You got to um, love this podcast. I it's fantastic. I, I love, love it. it. Um, 
Gentlemen, we have our Catch That Quotable this week, which is an exciting time. Oh, yes. And for those of you that don't know, we are taking Patty Family family quotes this week, uh, this whole year, um, to try and bolster it so that way we're not all guessing at each other. So, um, Marcus, do you want to reveal the quote for me? All right. Go ahead. You read it, Marcus. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's the Douglas's job. But no, I'll you, read you read it. Well, well, my stomach aches and my palms just got sweaty. Must be a high school. Oh One more gosh. time for those in the back. Well, my stomach aches and my palms just got sweaty. Must be a high school. Oh, I love this a good is... high school coming of age film. I know what this just... is, by the way. So, Oh, you do? Did you Google yeah, it? Yeah, oh. you said that I knew what it was. Oh, um, oh my yeah. god, okay, yeah, because I don't. Sent it, he sent it because I have to do the graphics for the show, y'all. That's right, so yeah. Cheating. No, but you're not cheating. Oh, no, I didn't think you were. I'm impressed. No. I'm, yeah, I didn't, I do not know this at I, all. I was all. I had, like a shallow guess, but Marcus, you have to go first. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would like to hear your shallow guess, yeah, good, let's hear your shallow guess, yeah. Uh, 21 Jump Street, okay, oh, okay, that's, that's a fair guess. That's I was gonna. I was gonna say this is like never been kissed. Like this is the oh. like where another high school movie Good of someone going out now available on this Disney Plus. Also random randomly. Are you sponsored? <laughs> Ryan is. <laughs> Star Wars this is Disney Plus sponsor us. You can get that all the time. Yeah, you That's can a sample. Shout outs. Oh, Marcus, yeah. what is this? All right, this is Shrek the Third. Oh my is it, what? He's right. I'm, I'm I just sure. put it... I am ninety percent sure eighty five percent sure it's Shrek the Third. Okay, um, you're right. What? Oh, you're right. This is what? this is from this is from Worcestershire Academy, and Shrek says, "Well, my stomach aches and my palms just got sweaty. Must be a high school." I didn't What's... know he went to high school he, because he it went was... to go look for King Arthur, oh. and King Arthur was played by Justin Timberlake, who was in high school. Because Fiona's dad died, and they needed a new king for the kingdom, and she didn't want to do it. So right. King Arthur had to be. They went to go looking for King Arthur. Also, if okay. I may, when I googled this, it took me something. It took me to something called <laughs> oh, Wiki no. Shrek, which I think mm-hmm. is just I'm, a Wikipedia for Shrek information. I'm, yo, there's and, some Shrek nice. fans. There's a and there's I, a virus in that website somewhere. So be careful. <laughs> I've got to check my computer now. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, your cookies are tainted. <laughs> It's all it's <laughs> 10 minutes from now, a bubble's going to pop up. It says, welcome to welcome to the swamp, bitch. And that's oh. like oh, the whole thing's going to shut just down. All your icons turn to Shrek faces. And I can't. There's going to be a thousand donkeys. And then I have to chase a gingerbread man across the screen. And there's no way I'm going to get to it. So yeah. and it does this thing when like Windows crashes and it just like traces your mouse and then you yeah. can't read your screen. Welcome. But instead, it's like just King Farquaad. Welcome to the swamp, bitch. It's hilarious. Oh man. Well, Roman Myers, thank you for the quote again. um, That was so fantastic quote. Um, Again, if you want to be a part of this podcast, join our Patreon family, Patreon.com slash films in black and white, and you too could have your quote read on the air and you uh, get to be like a producer like you true. get input that's in true. the that's show true. like you want that's us true. to like watch batman and robin sure like yeah, we'll, we'll watch like, batman you, and robin you're paying for the patreon we'll, we'll figure it, it out yeah. Uh, yeah 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 we'll just 
apparently we'll just watch it because I I'd, I'd be into it too. Okay. <laughs> I'd be into it too. Um, gentlemen, we also have a segment that we need to cover. Um, that is called Obscure with yeah. Douglas, which would be me. Um, That's so cool. last we, so last week we spun the wheel of obscure uh, Marvel heroes, and it landed on Hammerhead and. Y'all, this one's weird. Like, this is this one's weird because it, would you say it's obscure? I would. This is obscure to a different level. Um, oh, it's yeah. it's very very obscure. Um, and it's but it also it's it treads in this weird space where it is and it isn't. So, uh, Hammerhead debuted in Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man one thirteen, um, in October of nineteen seventy two. It was wow. a sort of like a double, it wasn't really a double issue, but predominantly the issue that he joins up in is where um, he is, uh, Spider-Man is fighting Doc Ock, and yeah. Doc, they, they go away part ways, Spider-Man escapes, Doc Ock goes back to his lair, but oh then God. it gets to this like crime boss, like this old sort of like seedy like bar, and essentially Hammerhead is just like getting in the way of Doc Ock's goals. Um, and huh. so Doc Ock shows up and tries to kill him, and then Hammerhead oh. defeats Doc Ock. Hammer Hammerhead says like, nope, that's me. And so Spider-Man defeats Doc Ock, but then Hammerhead shows up in like the last two pages and he's like, thanks for taking out my competition. I'm Hammerhead, by the way. <laughs> Like end of issue, like that's that's just how it happens. Um, so his real name is unknown. Oh. His occupation is, like I said, he's a gang boss of the Hammerhead, like family. So like it's a whole crime family in Manhattan. Um, his powers are kind of weird. So he has a reinforced skull, which allows him to headbutt, break through walls. And really just kind of go head first with it. He was sort of based off of the concept of Al Capone. Um, and uh -huh. so essentially he would just lower he would just lower his head and just try to run through shit is is what it what it was all about. Um, the really cool thing is that um, he stood up to Kingpin, he stood up to Dr. Okay. Octop Octopus. Um, <laughs> during the civil war storyline oh, kingpin no. hired an assassin to kill hammerhead um <sighs> hammerhead was saved by mr negative then mr negative took his brain and put it into a robot skeleton made of adamantium uh, there's the comics there, there it is. is yep yep i'm taking his consciousness from here and i'm putting it in here the comics didn't jump out for me until that moment like oh, as a yeah. comics reader it's like oh he can run through walls like okay all right, that's yep, a good power. I can do that. that makes sense. Okay. Then there's an adamantium skeleton. Yes, this is yep. for this is for me. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, this he is essentially he is portrayed <laughs> as the quote unquote boss of bosses. Um, end quote is how he's sort of portrayed. Okay, um, and it's like I said, it's weird. It's very weird. He's supposed to be like a 20s gangster. So, ladies and gentlemen, hammerhead. Okay. Uh. Okay. A fun. Can I add a fun fact? You may absolutely add a fun fact. The only version I know of Hammerhead That's it. is from the video game Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. And okay. you play, and it wasn't the original Hammerhead. It was like the 1920s noir Hammerhead <laughs> Spider-Man. Okay. 
The so the only version of this character that I knew before we talked about him was is like, hey, there, nice guy. I'm and then you find out that's just who he is. Well, and then you're like, oh, he was based on Al Capone, and then like X Y Z, and I was like, oh, so that really wasn't that far. I wasn't really that no. far off no. the alternate that's version. That's what he was supposed to be. I thought he was made for the game. Here we are. No, October 1923. Yes. Wow. A flathead that can run through walls and then equipped with a Tommy gun. Ladies and gentlemen, I give okay. you hammerhead. <laughs> I, I learned something today. That's Marvel. hey, you know, they were, they were running low on ideas back then. Well, what's really funny <laughs> is that, like, I was listening to this episode of a, of a not to push people to another podcast but if you're looking to broaden your horizons uh npr does something called planet money and they were talking about um spider-man recently like and the spider-man me, franchise me and Brian made the same face i thought yeah that, npr well, planet money is not our competition no whatsoever. it is not they they're are fantastic podcasts they're a tier above but in my also world tiktoks too in my world everybody's competition um <laughs> and <laughs> eat it bitch protect your neck um yeah, let's beat up more in npr let's do it yeah it's like come on npr you struggled with your funding we'll take you down um but they did a really good episode on like how spider-man became such an incredible franchise and marcus to your point they never had any intention of being like we're gonna have video games and movies they're like we do two things comic books and toys yeah. <laughs> who wants to help us make a movie like yeah. or more or less I'll help you make a movie like is really right. what they were in the business of. So incredible. Yeah. That's why they never I'm really. Still, I'm still very confused on this whole toy thing with companies yeah. because what do they do now? Like I walk by the toy section frequently, like in Walmart, yeah. nobody's um, in that motherfucker. No, yeah. it, 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 well, toys have dropped off too. Like they, like as a star Wars fan, like there used to be like super obscure toys. Yeah. Like here's yeah. this, gangster in Jabba's palace like mm -hmm. okay cool and people would like get up at 6 a.m and go to target like yeah but now i feel like it's just like it's like if we're using star wars it's like here's the people from the sequel trilogy yeah for real that's it that like and it's like way. walmart used to when i was growing up when i was a kid walmart used to have aisles and aisles of toys and like yes. certain aisles would be all one genre so oh yeah one aisle, oh, yeah. one side that was all Star Wars, just only yes. Star Wars. Yes. Then you had a piece that was like Power Rangers, and then you had Spider Man. Oh, so like, you look now, and it's like maybe there are four toy aisles now, right. and two four of those five, are yeah. board games, and mm -hmm. the yeah. toy section is like split into sections within that section. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what they're doing now. It's nuts. It's really nuts. But and then on the other hand, though, you see these other ones like these like one sixteenth scale figures that are just like that is that's a lot of detail, y'all, for like a toy. <laughs> that's a lot. Oh, and they the, look yeah. legit. There's yeah. some good Star Wars Black Series stuff that I'm just like, how did you how is this real? Right. No kidding. It's like they took the people and put them down so you could put them in their pocket. Um. <laughs> That's gentlemen the indian in the cupboard by the way i know it is there it is remember that movie there's is a movie that i'll watch that up. in school that feel feels like so, weird yeah. i did too i need to go back and see if it was culturally appropriate but i did yeah, like I'm, that movie. i'm gonna like i'm it. gonna say with high confidence no no <laughs> just gonna go out on a limb and no the like movies that. are the other yeah. arm of that white privilege voltron I mean, I mean it, it is, is. that's true that's very true and yeah. i it 
it's the TV stand that helps them. Like you see that yeah. TV stands like watching Indian in the cover and you're like, I don't know what this is. I'm a child. Yeah. I got to see the dude who played. Okay. I hope he was not a white guy. And I really feel like I don't remember. <sighs> okay. Um, the yeah. Indian from the Indian in the cupboard. His name is Lightfoot. Um, oh, he is a better known professionally as Lightfoot. Is in a, his real name is Gary Paul Davis. Better known professionally as Lightfoot is an American business professional, actor, musician, and citizen of the Cherokee Nation. Oh, okay, okay, it was okay. Go there for a second. I didn't know which direction <laughs> we were going. You know, he said, he said Lightfoot, and, and I... he said Gary, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> If you this was what? a roller coaster, Marcus and I are both like, like <laughs> just shaking that bar, looking at each other like, I don't know. Is it going to pay off? Um, <laughs> you know, based on that, I might have to watch this to make sure that it's okay. I kind of yeah. want to watch it to I make kinda sure ra- it's okay. I kind of want to find it and see where it is. And and I wouldn't mind re-watching Indian in the cupboard. That's that's not bad. Yeah. Um, Gentlemen, we have a whole litany of news to yeah, get do. to this week. Um, and I want to kick it on down to Brian Roush. Oh, hello. To start us off with his first piece, which Brian, I believe, is about the movie Jackass Forever. It oh. sure is. Uh, so <laughs> the headline here is that Jackass, the movie called jackass forever won the box office this weekend i'm not even going to tell you dollar amounts because it went up against moonfall which was a multi-million like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of development of a disaster movie by roland emmerich and it came in second to jackass forever (laughs) which is not a sentence i thought I would say on this podcast i think it's worth noting that this movie has Almost universal praise, and I don't understand it. You go to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it has an 85% right now, certified fresh. Yeah. The audience score, 93%. It is the highest rated jackass movie. Almost every publication from the New York Times to the Rolling Stone, the Washington Post, even the Associated Press have good things to say about this movie. Basically, distilling all of this and summarizing it into... Yeah, it's dumb, but you know, friendship. That's it. <laughs> like, that is the most. That is the best way I can summarize all all the reviews of this movie. I, f- I, feel, okay. I feel like okay, I will be the guy to defend it. Okay, and why Jackass right. did so well? Okay, um, let's do because it. Because when Jackass first came out. The concept was unknown to do something like that. I think like yeah. a movie full of pranking your friends and you had these guys yeah. who you didn't really yeah. know what they were famous for. Um, yeah. I knew Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. I had no idea he was an actor before that or like what else he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you had all these guys who were doing stupid stuff. Bam and Majera. Bam oh my and gosh. And yeah. Ended up having TV shows and Steve-O. And then <sighs> when you look at when that first came out and now a lot of people that we knew that was associated with that movie yeah they ended up passing away right Mm -hmm. yeah so to see them come back and then to see this kind of finale which i'm assuming is what it is usually when movies supposed to be forever oh johnny knoxville says this is the last time he's doing it so take that for what it's worth yeah i'm surprised that steve-o came back because steve-o you know went clean 
and there you, you know, vegan. You know, he like turned his whole life around. He was really into like he was really into nitrous and got himself uh, pretty messed up on that. I do want to interject. There's a really good MTV documentary that follows his addiction and the mm-hmm. intervention of it, which I. It, it was really good. I watched it on MTV like as a kid, like randomly. And I was like, oh, Steve was like a, an addict. I had no idea. Yeah. If you can find that know. somewhere, it's it's really, very good. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know I, Steve. I, I didn't know Steve had was dealing with it until he kept, until he got clean. Right. Um, which yeah. I think was maybe a few years ago or maybe like three to five years ago now, I guess. It, I don't know. It's recent. I, yeah. It's yeah. definitely it's recent. So I get I why Shanks did fairly well. Um, I saw an interview with him, um, a clip that they were kind of interviewing him and some other folks that were involved with like the show when it first came out. And the way he describes it is, is he was like, we were just shooting like skateboard videos and every so often, like we would prank each other. And then the skateboard videos started to catch on and get a lot of steam on like YouTube at the time. And they were like, well, MTV reached out to us and said, do you want to do a show? And we didn't have a plan for what the show was supposed to look like. So we literally had to make it up. But they were willing to like give wow. us them. They were willing to give us the money and the resources. We just had to figure it out, and so that's why a lot of those skaters like Stevo and Bam were involved, is yeah. because they were big in the the skateboard scene at the time. And then they just took a right turn, um, and and ended up in that like MTV space. I I mean, I honestly I don't I don't disagree with you, Marcus. I feel like I don't know. I I feel like there's just part of me where like you have to take into context like the world and the Mm -hmm. idea that it's like, here's this movie that you don't have to worry about a cinematic universe for. Mm -hmm. There is literally no stakes. Watch this guy get hit in the crotch with like a bear claw. I don't know. Like it's just, it's, it's It's simple. It's simple and absurd and off the wall. And like, I, I, I'm not making this up like that. There is legit a stunt where someone is covered in honey and a bear is in the same room as that. I wasn't sure if you were talking about the donut or an actual bear claw. <laughs> I, no, I was. I I, I don't oh. know the clip. Now I'm intrigued. I, I mean, now yeah, I yeah. like we're talking about this movie and making fun of it, but now I'm like, well, I kind of want to see it. Getting but, getting hit. But, getting but, hit. I do kind of feel getting hit by a bear claw eating a bear claw. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I do feel <laughs> I do feel bad for Moonfall though. Because I saw that trailer, it felt like something that was original. It felt like yeah. something yep. that could have really hit and maybe, you know, spark sequels and still could. Yeah. But yeah. I, I still yeah can I, I still, here's I what I go ahead. Here's what I want to say. I also, Marcus, saw that and thought like, oh, this is an interesting take for a disaster movie. But can I like again, I'm take I'm giving messages to people this week because that's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> can we stop <laughs> trying to prove if these fucking disaster movies can happen? Like the first headline that I saw leading up to this weekend was like, we looked into Moonfall to see if it could really happen. And you'll oh, be surprised by what we found yeah. out. Like, don't yeah. fucking do that. It's a di- first yeah. off, it's a movie. Second off, <laughs> it's a disaster movie. So <laughs> it's going to take a concept and jazz it up a bit. So just don't for me. They did the same thing after the world after tomorrow. Oh, well, it's, it's really, it probably, it's like they, they try to prove that it's wrong through the movie to prove how stupid that it'd be or to almost calm people down. Like, Hey, 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 yeah. everybody yeah. relax. You know, this won't happen here. Right. Brian, 
the only thing I wanted to say was like, I just, I, I feel like the timing of it was really weird. Like, mm. obviously I'm not a Hollywood executive and I don't, I don't see the whole picture, but I'm looking at June right now. There, it is wide open June mm -hmm. 24th, wide open, a horror movie and an Elvis documentary, like wide open for a disaster movie. Your big blockbuster. People have time in the summer to go see this stuff. I, like, I, I don't know, like why you're doing it mid February. I don't know. Like, again, they probably thought they were going to be jackass. They probably thought they were going to beat some 50 year olds doing mm. stunts. I understand the calculus, but yeah. man, why take a risk when you can literally release against the black Batman? phone, which is about a serial killer and a phone? Like, come on. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds very let's find my shit. <laughs> uh, against Batman. I feel like March is taking all over Batman. End so of February, yeah. all over March. So you oh can't gosh. drop in March, and no. March, April is too far down the line. February was probably oh. your best shot, and Jackass just ruined it for you. So. Well, and then February has like Uncharted coming out later this week, so you're gonna see a lot yeah. of like competition in the box office between Uncharted and, and others as they kind of go forward. So the end of this month into March, you're right, is gonna be there's a lot happening. Oh, yeah, there's um, yes, there's. Yeah, I feel like we got a nice little break here. That's why we're doing a news episode, everybody, because we're going to be hitting those movies soon. That's absolutely right. Speaking of things that mm -hmm. maybe shouldn't have happened, Marcus, do you want to <laughs> tell us about a hot Cheetos movie that's supposed to happen? Unfortunately, oh unfortunately, yes. So I want you all to guess well, y'all have the link. I don't know if you looked at the link. Already. I, did I didn't not. look at I did it. Not. Okay. I want you to guess who's involved in this movie, in this um, in this upcoming movie. And about hot Cheetos? About hot Cheetos. I'll tell you this. It's about flaming hot hot Cheetos, the movie. Okay. Let me click. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes, you have to get them. Is, is there it a like shortage? Like, no, no, no. Is it like an animated film or is it like a, like a, like the story of. Like Autobot, the, the it's the origin story of Hot Cheetos. Oh my gosh, I thought it was animated. Uh, okay, man. who's involved? I don't know. Uh, this feels like I don't know, Elizabeth Banks. Mm, that's that's, a a, that's actually a great, that's guess. a great guess. I don't know. Um, because this man is in like involved in shit that I just don't understand. I'm gonna say Chris Pratt is somewhere engaged in this. <laughs> I feel like that makes sense. That that's hilarious because yes, this motherfucker just pops up out of nowhere. You can't miss. But, so, uh, Eva Longoria Bastone reveals new details about her upcoming flaming hot Cheetos. Movie. Eva Longoria. <laughs> oh Eva God, Longoria. The, Eva the, Longoria. The, the, the woman lead in the spirit. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Eva Longoria said, Brian, she said to AP Entertainment, it's not what you expect. All right. Um, and you <laughs> okay, <enough> Eva. <laughs> if that's to ease your soul, okay, I'm just telling you. Um, <laughs> Good news, everybody. The Flaming Hot Cheetos movie is not what you expect. It's not what you expect. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so, what? Okay, it's based on up. the biopic of the Frito Lay employee credited with the creating with the creation of the Flaming Hot Cheeto. Um, Longoria suggests the movie will take moviegoers by surprise. Um, this is a weird sentence for an actress to say. She says, "I have Flaming Hot coming out." That's the other feature <laughs> film I also directed during COVID. <laughs> I'm sorry. She said I have flaming hot coming out. So do I when I eat. I like two bags of flaming hot. I got flaming hot coming out of, I got flaming hot coming out of everywhere. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. I, like this, this feels like a Mad Libs thing. It, yeah, give me an actress. Listen, Eva Longoria. Okay, give me a, a give me a fast food. I don't know, Gobstoppers. All yeah. right, now give me give me a type of movie biography. Like, <laughs> yeah, the biography of Gobstoppers coming to you soon by Samuel Jackson. Um, <laughs> It's, it's look, look. I'm not mad. I mean, I'd watch that. Watch that. Jr. I feel like he would kind of lead that movie. Um, it's fantastic, <laughs> is what she said. A biopic about Richard Mon, um, Mont, Montanez, the man who created the flaming hot Cheeto. It's a beautiful, inspiring story. It's not what you expect, it's not what you think. We're in post now, so that'll be coming out. Then I'm doing Search for Mexico with CNN. So basically, it's about it's kind of like the urban legend of there was this big urban legend of how hot Cheetos came to be. It was said that it was the janitor of right Frito Lay at the time, but I don't think that that story was true. Now the other side to this is Eva Longoria is a part of it because there is a connection to the Hispanic community with it, and and it's like supposed to tell okay a story of that because you know the founder so. Um, and they, they were having some trouble there with it. A great deal has been recently discussed about the origin of Flaming Hot Cheetos. The information we share with the media has been misconstrued by some. Um, there was confusion around where we stand, a range of emotions among our employees and consumers, and a strain of valued friendship with Richard Montanez and the Latino community, because apparently they did some fucked up, uh, fucked up shit. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that was important context. Still hilarious. Still hilarious. Still hilarious to have a hot Cheetos movie, but it goes back to the original comments, which we didn't. I didn't connect this on purpose, but I don't expect big corporations to get shit right when it comes to communities. You well, know what I mean? Oh, like, no. No. I'm also reading the piece that you shared. I had no idea that like. So I had always heard this too that like flaming hot Cheetos, some janitor put some chili powder and like present got his chance and presented yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, now it looks like that got called into question. But then PepsiCo was like, no, that's legit. But now it feels like I don't know. There's something weird we happening there. It. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, once again, don't put it in the hands of the business. And here's what I'll say this before everybody dissects it. It is funny. I'm still gonna laugh at it. Ha ha ha. Because it's. <laughs> what we do with the podcast everybody relax but you know i do understand how movies like this is important for representation and you do have to get this right hot cheeto everybody eats fucking hot cheetos they there is not <laughs> I mean, they have never left the shelf since i was a goddamn kid i mean except for me but yeah sure oh no i mean doug they're like out. it it's it if we're doing a tier list of of mm -hmm. the of the chips is this is, is what the I'm content that i this. wanted i'll tell him brian uh this is this is sa tier like this is yeah. top tier right here like yeah. flaming hot cheetos is a staple yeah. you don't need okay. the big bag you can no. just do the you could do like the 50 cent bag yeah and it'll still hit just as much as a big bag would yeah oh it's oh. absolutely excellent value like 100 yeah. yeah. all right it's, i don't know what they put in it i think it's red crack crack number nine <laughs> But I mean, um, was that like some white the like the some wire shit, some red tops yeah, that you're selling? Yeah, it's just I what mean, they make. It can't, out of? it can't nah, be nah. good for you because man, no. when I when I look at my fingers after I eat flaming hot Cheetos, it's like I feel like my fingertips are stained for like yeah. a yeah. day, and I just yeah. put all that in my all body. Right. Yeah. Well, this should be fine anyway. Um, I can the the right after that. Your fingerprints everywhere. <laughs> Sign up for the Patreon, folks, where I will eat a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos for the first time for our Patty family only. It's going to be chip porn. Chip, chip, are you into chip stuff? 
Yeah, we're gonna call it Chippendales. I mean, Chippendales. <laughs> Frito Lades. I I do want to say now that I've read all of this. Now that I've read all of this, I do think it's weird. I yeah. do think it's weird that AP chose this quote. By the way, oh, like yeah. now I'm kind of questioning AP of like Eva Longoria, who's producing this movie, probably gave a wonderfully long interview, but and AP oh, oh. was like. Yeah. Okay. The only quote you're gonna pull is it's not what you expect. Like, what are you doing? Like to describe this because movie? AP, you're not gonna be like it's AP a story about exactly. in- innovation. They knew exactly, Brian. They knew we were gonna laugh at this fucking thing if we said Eva Longoria is in a hot Cheetos movie. I mean, it that's it, not the, yeah, that's not the movie I'd put her in. But yeah, that's I mean, yeah. a hot Cheetos movie. Still, still curious how this is all going to shake out. It still me makes too. me chuckle that yeah, we're going to have a hot Cheetos movie. But yeah, AP and Entertainment. Come Cheeto on, pick a better not, quote. And, and Chester Cheetah is not going to be involved in it at all. And well, that please, is not what God, I would have expected. motherfucker. Like <laughs> I, they should have retired that character a while ago. And they instead, decided to. They put him in CGI. Why would you do that? They leaned into his creepiness. They were like, no, no, no. Have him talking to kids. Give him blacklight. That's what he needs. Well, and the, it was needs. like a cat, but it had sunglasses, but like yeah. it was like trying to sell you cigarettes. It was the yeah. vibe I got from Chester yeah. the Cheeto cat. And it was like, you're talking about puffy red puffs, mm-hmm. yeah. like chips. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what yeah. you're going. I don't know. I'd rather have the seven up spot. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I bring him know. back. Um, Gentlemen, that's one. That's incredible. That is incredible news. Um, Eva Longoria, we will watch this movie. Come on the podcast. We We would love to hear you talk about it. Yes, we will not do you dirty like AP Entertainment. Laugh much. I promise I won't laugh much. Um, Gentlemen, I have to report from uh, a movie that actually is uh, back in the day. I have a little bit of news regarding the movie Fight Club. Okay. Okay. Um, that's an old so movie. this is so this Classic. is old. So so this movie came out in 1999. It's based on a book um, by Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, it's it's very good. Um, yes. The movie is outstanding. David Fincher did a great job. Edward Norton, Brad Pitt, uh, Helena Bonham Carter. You really can't go wrong. Uh, no. Rest in peace. Uh, Ma- Meatloaf is in it. You really like can't go wrong with this movie at all. What is interesting is that when this movie first came out. It didn't just premiere in the States. It it did a worldwide run and it got a very different ending in China than it did anywhere else, because China has this rule about their movies is that anytime you portray someone breaking the law in China, you also have to show and reconcile about how breaking the law is bad. So you mm-hmm. actually have to show like the criminal yep. getting caught um, or something happening. Now, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Fight Club, stop listening or fast forward. But <laughs> so at the end of Fight Club, Edward Norton and Helena Bonham Carter are watching buildings literally explode yep. in downtown L.A. That was cut entirely from the movie. And instead, right before that happens, it cuts to black and the following text is on the screen. It cuts to black and it says the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all the criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment. Oh, wow. It was the end of the movie. That is the end of the movie. 
they do not acknowledge any of that stuff and it's a random cut it's not like they said like oh this is a good time it was like nope not this this is it right here and then you just walk out the movie and that's it that you just walk out thinking that's it so um what about the plot twist that they, they just didn't know about it. Notice they say Tyler, like they just leave it. Like um, I'm trying to see if they list like where it cuts. Um, so before, so yeah, so it Tencent, which I believe is um, China's usual film, like censorship yeah. system. Um, they announced recently that they've store restored 11 of the 12 minutes originally cut from the 137 minute movie. There is, a the sex scene between Brad Pitt and Helena Bonham Carter is still missing, but the rest of it has been restored. Why did so, they? Why did they cut that? Um, they didn't say actually. There's there's no listing of it in the book. I got this from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, so they didn't really say how this works. They say that they definitely said that like these like reversals of censorship actions like almost never happen. Um, and so. But it did win. It did earn fourteen million dollars in China. Um, but this was one of those moments in twenty eighteen um, where people were very vocal um, about how they were like, "How could you do this? Like that censorship? There's nothing wrong with that. You're pushing an agenda." Um, but there you have it. And it's nice to know that they are finally starting to. <laughs> well, that, that ending would be nuts to get to that like last yeah. couple of minutes of the movie and go surprise, everything's fine. I- <laughs> honestly the idea that like you get to the end of that movie which essentially becomes a critique on like consumerism and capitalism and then it's like you see these buildings fall and it's like just kidding they were cut and held accountable it's like right yep it's like you're trying i don't know it's like you're trying to rush a bedtime story like that's what it feels like like i'm putting my kids down and it's like i'm halfway through this and i'm so tired what happens next um well the knight finds the dragon the friends and they go to bed good night all right everybody's done like that's kind (laughs) of Kind of like the vibe I'm getting. I have done done that before from this, and and it's just like I think it's hilarious. They thought nobody would notice. Notice, like (laughs) nobody would find out. Yep. uh, And also, and also, you're China. It's not like you're really big pro capitalism. Like, like (laughs) maybe dial that back a smidge and say like. Uh, maybe you just let that one roll itself out there. That's kind of the funny part to me is like, it's a critique on either, you know, a geopolitical, like, you know, rival. So why would you, I don't know. Maybe we need NPR planet money to help us unpack that again. We'll do a partner podcast. It'll be great. You come on here, planet money, and we'll talk about it. (laughs) They're not coming on. Um, I'll go go to planet money, (laughs) please. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was my first piece of news. And I really enjoy that. The book is really good, too. So if you haven't read the book, um, yeah. not to steal Brian's thunder from later, but read a book and read that one. It's very yep. good. Yep. Oh, um, I can't wait. I have a song for Brian at the end of this. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, I got I got. OK, good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, books. Brian, would Hello. you like to pivot us on down to the local Star Wars beat to yes. talk about the latest episode yes, of I The would. Mandalorian? Oh, wait, hold Hello. on. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Brian's going <laughs> to talk about The Mandalorian. <laughs> Sorry, not The Mandalorian. Book of Boba Fett. That's I mean, a statement for how I feel about it. Yeah. Hello, uh, I'm reporting here on the streets of Tatooine. It is dusty and sandy. It gets everywhere. You can't get rid of it. I hate it. Uh, but no, 
uh, I'm here on the Star Wars beat. We are, if you're listening to this book, the the finale of Book of Boba Fett is out, uh, and I hope you're enjoying yourself. And one of the things I wanted to talk about on here was that, uh, so the previous episode of Book of Boba Fett featured a certain Luke Skywalker. However, it was all CGI. That it it was a completely mm-hmm. CGI made character with an algorithm making the voice with uh basically deep fake technology with the face and then a stand in all with Mark Hamill's blessing. And there are some very strong reactions to having Luke Skywalker in the book of Boba yeah. Fett and the CGI version of him uh there's a lot of folks basically saying like he looks dead in the eyes and some other folks wondering why the camera doesn't cut to him when he's talking and it's probably because they can't figure out the tech of when he's talking how to make it look real so right uh there's just some people that are having some differences with that i myself i loved it I thought it was really cool. I the, the technology has come so far. It really looks like Luke Skywalker stepped out of Return of the Jedi and into the book of Boba Fett. And I just think that's incredible. And I thought it was a really good. Oh, I see you, Doug. I thought it was a really good addition to the show. So I just wanted to share that with you all. See what your thoughts were. Um, I have a thought and it's unrelated to the CGI, but oh. can I just ask a question? Like, did Luke learn fucking nothing from any Jedi he ever like. got any instruction from ever? Sorry. Hey, Grogu, let me make you a really strong emotional choice like right now. And Sorry. if you don't, you're going to fuck your whole okay. life up. First um, do they not understand that this small Yoda looking thing is going to go off and turn into some monster that slaughters children himself? Like wow. he's got the trauma to wow. repeat it. So how dare dare you smear my little Grogu like that? So first off, one show show's not done yet. Show's not done yet. So let's just watch the finale. See what happens. Okay. Okay. Two, Luke. Luke is doing the equivalent of like starting his own martial arts dojo after his (laughs) uncle talked to him about it literally one time and then died. So like, he's got a learning curve here, folks. Like he's trying his best, like, you know, and then his uncle sent him to like some guy in the swamp was like, no, you go learn karate from him. And the guy in the swamp was like, hey, you're not done with your training. And Luke's like, but I got to go save my friends. He's like, all right. And then he comes back. He's like, I'm ready to finish my training. And the guy in the swamp's like, actually, you're fine. Like, just tell your dad <laughs> yeah, he needs you to be good. This. And like, you're fine. Then you're then you're a karate master. And he's like, what are you talking about? By the way, that other girl's your sister. Bye. So look, Luke has had some stuff happen and, and he's trying his best. OK, Doug, I feel very passionately about this. I mean, that's fine. It's just it feels like a lot like to put that type of pressure on what <laughs> everyone has referred to as the child. <laughs> for a very long time like hey so not to burst your bubble but which do you feel more attached to this thing that you don't know anything about or this thing that represents your dad like which one do you like more um i'm gonna go with my dad every single time so i'm very curious to see how this shakes out but laser sword yeah but he also he has to okay i'm gonna be honest with y'all i have not watched a single episode of boba fett honestly that's great Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's fine. And I'm, I'll be honest with y'all again, probably not gonna watch it. I'll probably watch episode six and seven because Mando and Luke. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you'll be be pretty caught up. You have your son 
right? You got Luke out there, and he's like, okay, he's you know, he's doing a damn thing. He's trying his best. You know, he's got the kid <laughs> out there. We know that Grogu is not going to be the first Jedi, right? Because yep. Ben Solo yep. is was technically right. the first. So that has to mean Grogu goes back to Mando unless they right. are then going I mean, to uncanonize so. an yeah. entire trilogy of movies. They're and they're not. And they're not, right? But also, Luke being able to hang with, like, technically his fine-ass auntie is, like, also fun. That's like, incredible, actually. So it's like, out there, like, you remind me so much of your damn daddy. Oh, man. And she just being up there, just being fine, posted up. But, you know, I just thought that was cool. I saw that picture. That was all I got. That was all I wanted to add to this. No, there's nothing wrong with that at, at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Doug, did you have any strong reaction to seeing CGI Luke? It's okay to, if you didn't. To be I like honest, it, though. To be honest, it didn't. Okay. There were moments where he would walk through the light and it would look a little uncanny valley-ish. Right. Where I was like, I know that that's not him, but it looks like him, but I can't convince my brain. But there, I mean, most yeah. of the other stuff, I was like, this is fine. This yeah. is absolutely, I actually didn't know all the stuff you told me. I didn't know it was made by an algorithm. Like, I thought that it oh, was, man. um, I thought that they got an actor that was close and oh, just no, that's the moved deep his fake. head on there. Yeah, so oh, that's the deep fake. The deep, deep fake stuff. I knew that they were doing, but yeah. this one where I was like, okay, all right, well, maybe because the voice sounds so eerily close that I was like, they had to have gotten Hamill to provide something. Oh, I, basically, yeah. the, it's. I mean, it, there's a documentary on the making of Mandalorian season two that I watched, and it's in there. Basically, they took everything Mark Hamill said in that nineteen like 83 time period, anything between 77 and 83, they put oh it in God. a computer and he did like the audio dramas for star Wars, like interviews. And then they have, they put it in the computer and then they just type on the keyboard, what they want him to say. And then out comes dude, Luke Skywalker. Fucking, dude, and it's like nuts. They gonna it, make that man commit murder. They gonna send <laughs> that man for a goddamn Mark, murder. Mark they got his fingerprints and his voice on in in Luke. <laughs> they got that shit at the goddamn compound. I mean, yeah, Lucasfilm yeah. just is just gonna make Mark Hamill say whatever they want at this Damn. point. You know, they right. pulling um, prank calls to do a practice round, and they just got Mark Hamill voice on you. You better gonna go get it. I have a question, <laughs> Brian. How how long of time is it from a New Hope through Return of the Jedi? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, so it's four years. <laughs> you would be okay. It is four years between the Battle of Yavin and then uh, the events of Return of the Jedi. The Galactic Civil War will not end until a year later at the Battle of Jakku. Okay, that's incredible to me to think that that makes his his ability to remember order 66 which that mm -hmm. was some shit by the way yeah. that he had this flashback when he saw that lightsaber of like those folks walking up trying to like get to him yeah that makes it a lot terrifying. more that makes a lot more plausible yeah. um i also am really glad we saw like from the youngling perspective of what that looked like because it's just kind of nuts um but yeah this was that was good like i thought that that element in it i was like oh my I'm god yeah i'm frustrated by all this why shit. why because i want to go to the next step <clears throat> right i want to mm. go to 
either the rebuilding of the Jedi. There it is. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm kind of like okay, Order sixty. We know Order sixty six was bad, and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. repercussions from that. But and the destruction of the Empire is also like another part of that when you talk about Mando and and like that's where that world is built in. So I get that too. I'm kind of interested in the in the part where they rebuild the Jedi Order. Next. Yes. Like, okay. Because we got Luke saying, you know, I fucked up. This was yep. bad. I didn't do it the right way. But now you have Ray and you have Ahsoka who's back. And so, like, I'm more interested in seeing this progress of either this, um, I don't know, the re- the restructuring and the rebuilding of the Jedi Empire. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Nazi hunter stuff is kind of cool. Like that whole like. Yes. The Rebel Alliance chasing them down yeah. in space. Those were some of the best recommendations Brian gave me on like books to read because it was just so cool. Because it is literally like, yeah, it is literally like old school World War II. We're just gonna keep looking for them until we find them all. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, the aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig. I, I can't recommend good. it enough. Um, yeah, like yeah, I feel it. like there is some good stuff here. Like I know, so it's rumored. A uh, giant freaking robot on Twitter. I they have some scoops. I, I I I haven't been able to verify all of them, but there is a rumor that there's going to be a Luke Skywalker. There is a Luke Skywalker series being rumored for development, and of course, some people reacted pretty negatively to it based on like, oh, is it just going to be CGI Luke? Like, no, it's going to be time, which I would have to agree. Like, I think I think CGI Luke is fine for like five or ten minutes. Here is like. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm still here and I'm I'm happy to give you this advice, but not as like a main character. Like I feel like most of his story is told, but if there was going to be a show about Luke essentially slowly right. losing his religion, I would be about that cuz like I don't really feel like we've covered that in Star Wars in that particular way, but um anyway, deep fake luke i couldn't stop yeah. staring at him i enjoyed it uh we'll see what happens with all the cgi stuff maybe marcus will you know be able to go to lucasfilm and just type on that keyboard make 19 1983 mark hamill say whatever he wants who knows I, who I knows black history year that's all he's saying with me that would be amazing <laughs> i would love that um, thank you for humoring me gentlemen no that was fantastic um Marcus, yeah. you have some news to report on regarding uh, Boba Fett versus Mace what? Windu. Yeah, um, sticking so... with our Star Wars theme. Love this. Wars, Marcus. Love it. So Boba Fett also, okay, I might need some help with his name. Tim, You're good. Tamira Tim, Morrison. Tamira Morrison. Thank you. Um, is, you know, obviously the lead and the star in this uh, Book of Boba Fett series. Um but it's, he said the, the ex-bounty hunter has an old score to settle with his father's killer, Mace Windu, played by Samuel L. Jackson. So in 2002's uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, a classic, um, basically Mace Windu fucking Barry Bonds the shit out of fucking Boba Fett's father, James. <laughs> he, went, he went 425 on his ass. <laughs> I mean, at a batting cage with that shit. And so, um, you know, and heads rolled and it was in front of a young, uh, a young Boba. Okay. As we all know. So he was just basically saying, I owe him big time for my dad. He's done. He's done. Morrison told IMDB's on the scene. I've got my my eye on him. He's top of the list. In fact. Um, So Obviously, y'all know why I bought this shit up. I've Heck been yeah. asking for a goddamn 
Mace, I've been asking for Mace Windu to just come back in general. Um, and cause there, you know, there's this chance that Mace is not dead. Yes. He got his hand cut off. Yes. He got hit with the electric lightning, but Mace is literally one of the strongest Jedi on the council. He took on the Palpatine by himself, one handed till Braddy knows motherfucking Anakin. No. And was like, (laughs) my wife, my wife, she's going (laughs) to die. Anakin, go find another one, bitch. Like, damn. So basically he slices off Mace Windu's hand. Uh, Then Palpatine takes that opportunity to toss him out the window. And we never knew what really happened to Mace. Right? So in my mind, as a Mace Windu advocate, Mace is alive because he can get a robot arm. He fell on a car because yep. a car caught him in passing. Yeah, I mean, Coruscant has tons of them just zipping around. I mean, they're flying. They are just at 100,000 miles per hour, mind you. Yep. Um. So <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up to say do it. Like, do it while Samuel Jackson is still doing movies and shit, while he's still in the mood to make shit, because Marvel has got him tired. But Disney, I need you to pay him from the other side. God damn it. Like, <laughs> give that man a purple saver and let him loose. I yeah. would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. Um, how could I mean? How could you not? I mean, like, I would love to see Tamir Morrison and Ming Na Wen just like, okay, we're gonna go find Mace Windu, and it's mm-hmm. them chasing him, kind of like a, I don't even yeah. know the best way to describe it, but like, kind of a catch me if you can situation, and I, I, like, you, people would love to see Mace Windu again. Like, oh, I, I mean, I think maybe having a limited maybe that's series. How this one ends. I mean, if this if this show ends on a I know where Mace is line and Book of Boba Fett 2 is them chasing him down, guess what I'll be watching from beginning to end? I Book mean, I, you know, look, it, it is it is implied he's dead, but this is Star Wars. Like, people fall all the time from high distances. Oh, people true. get their hands cut off oh, all man. the time. Like there is a legacy of people being one-handed. Remember, in Star this is Wars. space wizards. Everybody, yeah, Anything this is yeah. I mean, or space come cowboys, on, whatever you prefer, uh, either one. Space either one. wizard cowboys, uh, fighter fine. pilots. Who knows? Um, yeah, Allergy. like anything can happen. That's true. Well, that's good. I would love to see that, Marcus. I would absolutely love to see that. Not that just for you, but just watch. in general. I would love yeah. to see that. More black people in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, um, 100%. Gentlemen, I am going to call an audible, and it's only because what? it's only because no one is covering this in our list that we sent out for pre-pro, what and that is, the li- that is the rumored news coming out of Marvel regarding uh, Miss Fifty Shades of Grey herself, Dakota <laughs> Johnson, oh. being rumored to play Madam Webb in a solo movie. Is that her? Um, yes. Yeah, 50 Shades, yeah. She was in Fifty That is her in 50 yep. Shades. Yep. Yeah, I didn't yep. give her that nickname just for shits and gigs. I mean, <laughs> knew who it was. Um, when that movie came out, and then everybody was like, it was the reports that all the women were like doing st- stuff in the theater yeah, to yeah. the movie. People were so mad. At that. I remember like, I I worked on I worked on campus at the time, and we would sponsor movies to the theater. And yep. I remember SGA was horrified that I would let people what? go and like see that movie on the university's dime. They're like, that promotes an unhealthy sexual relationship. I was what? like, motherfucker, it's consent. Back That's- up. 
Like, yeah, clearly the people didn't. Y'all were doing a lot worse than Char Bar back then, too. So, yeah, all right, let's de escalate that anyway. Um, so obviously, Spider Man No Way Home has been a huge success with a capital H, and so Sony is looking to invest more into this, um, and is looking to do um, sort of a Madam Web esque type of deal. Um, and they've tapped Dakota Johnson um, is in talks to re- like play that role. Um, now, what Madam Web has been depicted as two different types of folks. More recently, she's modern up to be a little bit younger. But back in the day, she was played essentially. She looked a little bit more like an elderly woman. Um, yep. So I think they're more than likely with this casting. I'm going to make an assumption that they're leaning into maybe a little bit more of the like the younger portrayal. Um, <laughs> but gentlemen. I actually want to turn it over to you because when this was announced and we talked about it in the chat, I was like, I don't know who that is, but cool. Um, And that was the vibe that I gave off. So give me your quick synopsis of who Madam Web is and why is this a cool announcement? I only know her from the 90s cartoon. She was in a wheelchair. She was like the Spider-Man Professor X. So basically she had a blindfold on. And then she would like Peter would dis she would like pop up and Peter would be crawling on the wall and then she turned the wall to smoke. Then he hop in the wall and then he's talking to her like, "Why the fuck yeah. am I here? I need to go find Mary Jane. I need to got a city yeah. to save." And he's like, "Well, we need you right now. All the Spider people need you." And then he turned around and it's fifty thousand other types of Spider Man right there. And she's like the connecting force to, yeah, basically, you know how the Flash has the speed force. She's like the Spider. Forced. yeah that's okay. a good way to put it okay okay I, I mean i i i i'm confused i okay. i guess is where i'm at i i'm confused for a variety of reasons the first one i'm i was surprised at this news because it's a it's a woman-led spider hero film franchise which i'm all about i i it's definitely first, think it's i do believe yeah, like you're right. It's the first, and I I think that's important for representation because there's a lot of people in that Spider family. Like Into the Spider Verse showed that there are, we got Spider Gwen, we got Penny. Um, Madam Web is just it. It's not the choice I would have made. I feel like there are a lot of Spider heroes that I guess that to me have a more distinct backstory, and and I feel like could be more satisfying. You have Silk. Uh, you had, I mean, we already talked about Gwen Stacy. <laughs> um, Marcus is opening up a book here. Oh, yeah. Um, and Madam Web just seems very, I don't know. It seems a little lukewarm to me. I mean, you have spider woman, uh, Doug is now also opening up a Marvel book. You got Jessica Drew. Um, I mean, you also have a uh, spider girl. I am totally blanking on her name. Uh, my son has is a minifig. Silk? Yeah. Oh. Silk. Uh, I can't even remember her name, but um, I'll come back to that later. She's Puerto Rican, and that's like the only thing I, I'm remembering right now. Um, but you also have Mayday Parker, who like you don't need to. It's an alternate universe type situation. But like my point being, there's a lot of like women spider heroes before you get to Madam Web. Um. And I just find it curious. They went with Madam Web, who is like a, a sightseer. Like she, she's like clairvoyant. She can see into the future. And I'm just not a hundred percent like into it. I'm sure they can make it interesting. 
I'm sure it could be really cool. Uh, I just, yeah, not, not the first choice I would have gone with. So what about, what about y'all? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think I would have, I agree, Brian. I think it's important that there's representation, especially from the female perspective, but I, I would have thought that they would have wanted to do spider woman or even given the success of like into the spider verse, I would have thought that they would want, yep. There's spider woman for reference. There it is. Um, I would have thought that they maybe would have wanted to try to do maybe spider Gwen, since that's a little bit more like as far as visual represent. I mean that, that hues are like, Oh, I saw that in a cartoon. That's the thing I like. Like I could see that, that transitioning over well. So I was a little, I agree with you. I'm a little surprised that they chose Madam Web first because I cannot be the only person that was like, who? Like, yeah, just for just for a moment. So, um, I am not, yeah, it's a little, that's a little weird for me. But the Anya Corazon, by the way, is Spider Girl. That's okay. that's who I was having trouble remembering. And she's great, by the way. Like, she's really cool. And sure. so, like, Madam Web, like, you have three spider people that are women that are far right. more interesting to me. Right. I feel like, okay, I'm looking at this from a bigger perspective. Sure. Because, there was also a rumor that I saw, gentlemen, that I would love to bring here. Do it. Because well, we do this a lot. We did this a lot with Spider-Man, and we were actually right with a lot of the rumors that that's we actually true. We were to the podcast that we thought was, oh, man, there's no way in hell that's going to happen. Here's why <laughs> I think that they strategically picked Madam Web first. All right. Later. Um, All right. For, one, for one, my first path is nobody knows anything about Madam Web, so you can change the character and adjust it however you'd like. That is also true. The story that you want. So bringing because the powers that she does have, she's a connector between Sony and the MCU. Great point. And that allows Sony to bring a Spider-Man over to their world so that they can get just as much money as um the MCU has gotten. So here was the rumor. According to insider Daniel Richmond, and take it with a grain of salt, you know, you know how I go. Oh, Sony yeah, get that salt. A film where the three Spider-Men will face Noel, the god of the symbiotes. If this is confirmed, we would see Toby, Tom, and Andrew battle an army of symbiotes, which would include Venom and Carnage. Now, I say that because how long do you, they had to pick Madam Web for a reason? How long can you go without a single Spider? Not even three. Put three out of your mind. You can only go so long without not having a single Spider Man in this universe. That's fair. You, you, you hint around yeah. it so much. You have to have somebody who has the ability to bring a Spider Man into this world, even if it is just for a, a blimp. Yeah. So I, I think it kind of makes sense to me that they're trying to set something up and they're playing the long game because they have a silk movie. They've already, they were trying to do the, yeah. was it silver and cable? Oh, I miss silver that. And some, it was another silver. And so I don't know if it got canceled, excuse me, it's canceled, but you already got Morbius and you got Morbius who mentioned That's Venom. True. Venom's next villain that they introduced Spider-Man and Venom fought that villain in the comic books. So how do you know, you can only go so long. That's all I'm saying. I, here, yeah, Here's what I will say. I hope they don't do that. I don't hope that it's Madam Web, the three Spider-Man now taking on Null, like the Lord of the Symbiotes. And I only say that because there's two things I would want to see in between then. First is I want 
I want a real life Miles Morales Spider Man. Like I, yeah, I want, I want to see that representation. I want to see that, like that character who is really, really cool. Um, I, I, I mean, I just, I want, I want that before I, I have want. A question, real quick. Yes, I have a question for both. Yes. Of you. And I'm yes. all about I'm black. So y'all know what I, I want from my Morales, right? <clears throat> Have we had an opportunity like this to get more Spider-Man stories that that went beyond the main villains? Because now we're in a world where people you can do more than a trilogy and people won't get tired. At first it was trilogy, then you're done. Anything more than a trilogy felt kind of tiring. Right. And so you got Raimi's trilogy and it kind of ruined itself. Then you got Andrew Garfield, who didn't finish his Spider-Man. You just got a Spider-Man who was able to tell a complete story over the span of a trilogy. Is it time for Miles yet, or should we keep developing this Peter Parker to be a mentor, so that Miles has a mentor when he comes into the game? Uh, I think now's a great time for that. Yeah, I feel really strongly about it. I think he's in a good position. And I say that because, like, he now has knowledge he doesn't have. Like if, if the events of Spider-Man No Way Home are, if the events of Spider-Man No Way Home hold, which is, and they don't like decide to do it or, or change anything, he talked to two other Spider-Man who were able to say like, no, 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 no. Like there's a certain way in which you have to do things. I mean, that's what that whole scene on the roof was. Right. Was you can't, you can't let yourself go there. You do have certain things that there's responsibility associated. And he now has that information and is in a good position to pass that along to miles. And I think that's a story I would want to see a Spider-Man who's still not a hundred percent sure of himself, but as a Peter Parker, but knows the Spider-Man stuff that he's, he's expected to do and can pass that on. I think we're in a good spot for it. I, I do too. And, and I feel really strongly about it because I, I still can't get over the fact we have three Spider-Man trilogies and like miles is like nowhere. The closest we've found. got is like Donald Glover playing his uncle in, mm -hmm. in homecoming, which is just, it's very frustrating because miles is a great character that I feel like, we could all benefit from as an audience. Oh, and I feel like Peter Parker's story has been told enough. I feel very confident saying that. And I yeah. think there's a story here. I would be totally cool with the miles trilogy and just going cold Turkey and doing like, and just starting. I would be totally cool with that. Yeah. I think if we wanted to connect it though, I think there is a very good story. I think it would be difficult to create, but I think there's a really good story of having Tom, the Tom Holland, Spider-Man basically being like, I can't do this on my own. Like mm -hmm. this type of responsibility is crushing. Like what mm -hmm. is my life? And you mm -hmm. could even critique some of the things that Toby and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's told him about like, yeah, it's kind of a lonely life. Don't try to go there. Try to like, you know, whatever. Connect. But they didn't really seem successful in it. Like Mary mm -hmm. Jane was kind of a question mark. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man seemed alone maybe yeah. depressed we're not sure As, um and yeah. so i feel like there's a really good story here for tom holland to be like no like power needs to be shared and it needs to like it needs to be passed on and like one person can't keep doing this and i feel like there's a really good narrative mm -hmm. to have miles there to have miles however you want to introduce that right. i'm sure there's a bunch of people wanting to have spider people powers you get them involved there and seeing Miles have this energy, 
have this wanting to be this hero while Tom Holland Spider-Man is like, man, I'm tired. Like, yeah, I'm hurting. Like, the, what? Why? Why wouldn't I share this power? And the other thing to that point, Brian, I think the other thing that I really like about that plot with it is that Spider Peter Parker, the entire world just forgot who he was, and they have yep. no idea who Peter Parker is. So in theory, he is at his most alone that he has ever been. Yes. Now is a fantastic point to say, like, holy shit, another spider person. I could yeah. reveal my identity and I wouldn't be so alone. Yeah. Like 100%. someone, someone who could sympathize with him about his predicament of like, no, no, no. Like you cannot let anybody know who you are because this is what happened to me when people started to figure out who I was. Right. I lost my aunt because of it. Now you get now you can well, see and drive home that point more. And like even like not to like invoke the last Jedi here, but there are elements of the last Jedi that you can you can invoke all you want, Brian. Like you can you can splice into here of just like, hey, mm-hmm. this is where it led me. Like everybody knew I was Spider-Man and I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And now this is who I am and learn from me. Like I feel like that's a yeah. really strong platform for Miles to jump off of where we honor the Peter Parker stuff, but we we're not stuck with it, I guess is no, the best way for me yeah, to say I would it. love that. I would absolutely love that. That's really interesting. I, I feel like that I may be alone in how I took the ending to far from home to far, uh, no way home. Oh, okay. like, instead of him being alone, which he is physically alone by himself. Nobody knows him. Right. I took that on as him embracing Spider-Man full time. Oh, like, no, I don't sure. Like and it and it wasn't like oh I'm you know like kind of like Peter Parker is is dead I'm Spider Man I don't I don't I don't know I just felt like I took it that way where it's more not a task it's he's happy to take on the responsibility but I am very much bo- I'm on board for however you introduce Miles as long as you get the representation right and I'm saying this for my black people Miles is not just black and I don't think that people understand that that he's afro latina um latino i'm sorry he's afro latino and and that is a very important part of who miles is we're not just going to get a black spider-man right and people got now if you go to the one drop rule that's you know neither here nor there they said one drop you was you was black okay one drop of blood back then that was the rule they said you was black now it's not that anymore so you know keep that in mind but I do want proper representation done. I need a good, you know, a great actor that can mm-hmm. r- really bring Miles to life and show some accurate representation. Not fucking Captain America and the fucking um, uh, what is the Falcon, n- and the Winter Soldier. Soldier. Falcon and the Captain Winter Soldier. I don't need that shit. Falcon I need something US accurate. <laughs> I'm still disappointed with how they handled that shit as a black hero, and they haven't had a chance to get it right again yet. I mean, Monica Rambo will be, I, I'm assuming, I think that that's next. I think that's the closest thing. I would next. think so. 23, I think. Yeah. yeah. The Mar- the, she's going to be in the Marvels, the Marvels, I believe. Marvels. Yeah. So that's your chance to get it right again. But man, you know. And, and here's the. And here's the other reason why I don't want it to be null, because I kind of left that on the table and I wanted to loop that back. I'm very ambivalent about that. Tell me why. I read. I read some of the null, null stuff. He's super yeah. powerful. And Venom is not a villain. 
Yeah. No. Venom is the key to success in beating Null because he's the only one who can be tapped in to what's happening. And right. Null isn't just like a, oh man, we need three Spider-Man to beat him. Oh, we need every fucking like Avengers. superhero that we have because of how strong he is. So I feel like I and feel they like they can, they can, they will, here's what's going to happen. And I, and I know it's going to happen. <laughs> if they do it just with Sony, they will lead up to a null storyline and it, he will be watered down and people will not stop talking about how pissed off they are about it. Like true. they'll water him down either too much. And I don't care. He's a cool character. So it could be cool to see him. And I mean, Venom did introduce the hive mind in, let there be carnage though we've referenced to it so it wouldn't be too much to introduce it it's just i i can see it now he gets watered down so that three spider-man could beat him and then i'm stumbling through like tiktok or twitter and they're like well (laughs) actually he never would have been that and we don't need to do that and i don't need to do it and i don't want time they do it it don't matter what i don't want to have to throw my phone because people can't shut the fuck up so not some I'm interested I think in. what's a shame is that if that is the route they go, I, I think it's tough that all this stuff is mired in rights and stuff. And yes. I, I understand the logistics of it, but I, I feel like that would have been some really like very mm-hmm. right cover for Marvel as a whole. Yeah. Um, because I yes. feel like, yeah, I feel like from like a marketing standpoint, it literally writes itself if Null's like, no, I'm going to make all these heroes like with symbiotes and mm-hmm. you have venomized literally all the entire Avengers or whoever you want to yeah. call the Avengers at this point. And you have another group that's like, oh, we got to like beat them and also save them and also mm-hmm. defeat Null. I feel like that's a really compelling narrative. Um, I don't think that'll ever happen because I don't think Sony, Sony, the Sony contract is like if it's a Spider-Man Venom thing that mm-hmm. is owned by Sony. So I don't think that will happen. I agree, Doug. I, I feel like there won't be some big team up. It'll just be like, I'm king of the symbiotes. You'll have to defeat me, three Spider-Men. Mwahaha. Spider-Man. Three Spider-Men. Um, yeah. Gentlemen, that that should about wrap us for yeah. today. No. Other people. Spider-Man No Way Home is still Please. playing in theaters around the world. I saw it is a now TikTok about live. One of its biggest milestone actually Tell i think it. it did right before the beat podcast. avatar it did it, did it beat really? out avatar 1.77 billion worldwide wow. it, it is going to pass avatar's u.s record to become the third biggest movie for now until avatar 2 comes out <laughs> then watch out <laughs> marcus well done well done that was sir. well played i earned that that was dope. yeah I've that was that. i mean I it was upsetting but wow beat avatar it beat the blue cat people it took three spider-man but we did it everybody ladies yeah. and gentlemen we got him you yeah. remember how pissed uh james cameron was when endgame like passed it <laughs> and he was like there's no way in hell i'm losing to a goddamn marvel movie <laughs> And then and Avatar surprise. passed it back up again, I think. It was so weird. I, that yeah. was, yeah, because they did like a re-release or something. Yeah, I, I do recall funny. that. I yeah. I mean, I like this movie is just still everywhere. It is people. It's February. Like this movie came out two months ago. I was uh-huh. I was on yeah. TikTok yeah. and I'm just scrolling through. There's a live. I'm not going to like narc on anybody, but like there was a live and you're just here's Spider-Man. No way from no way home. Just yeah. watch it on TikTok because people still want to watch this movie. Like, <laughs> you, know what, you know what else unreal. is interesting? 
Did you hear that it's going to debut on Stars before it, it goes is. anywhere else? But that makes sense to me. That. It didn't make sense to anyone else. But if you have Amazon, mm-hmm. my family bought the last two of the new Spider-Man movies, and those yeah. were on Stars. Yeah, like they huh. were streaming on Stars still. I can't tell you why, but huh. they were streaming mm-hmm. on Stars still. Yeah, it was random, it's but they said gotta that be a Sony contract or something. They yeah. said that they were going to the reason why it's going to go to stars is because typically when it goes to other formats, people will stream it once and then they'll move on to something else. But on well, stars, they have to like, I don't know, there was some reason they gave and I don't remember exactly why, but there was something to do with the fact that like, oh, we don't want people to just buy it, stream it once and then move on. Like we want to see more people watching it multiple times. So I don't know. Um, Whatever. Gentlemen, anything else that you all would like to talk about on this week's episode before we close stuff out? You know, I just think it's weird that the Snyder Cut is just still a a severely underrated movie. Ring the bell, Doug. There it is. I'm going to be careful. You're on on being muted territory. I just want to make you aware. I haven't thought about the Snyder Cut recently, and I usually think about it at least at least once every two weeks. And I I didn't I didn't have any. I don't have any thoughts about it. Right See now. how it lingers with you. I I rewatched it randomly, but that <laughs> is not fair because I also watched, and I would love to go on this. Maybe I'll do a, a bonus episode about why the fuck we needed two Fantastic Beast movies. Mm-hmm. But so tell saying that I streamed, <laughs> saying that I streamed the Snyder Cut when the day before I was like, I don't remember seeing the second Fantastic Beasts. I should watch that while I catch up on email. Oh. Um, and that's a good catch up on email movie. That's absolutely what happened. That's and it, out too. it yeah. is also a bonkers movie that makes it, no sense. It it, it, it like, did have you... a lot of drama around it in real life, which mm-hmm. is yes. also interesting. Especially yeah. going into the third movie, so it's just the it's so interesting to me. It yeah. there's some very good visuals. Oh, percent. Um, the script though is is bordering bordering on. I'm not going to say nonsensical. That seems almost too nice. It's it's just Dribble. bordering on like here's a bunch of things that happened. I guess we'll connect them. Right, and then and then they were like, hey. You know Dumbledore? What if you saw him, but like younger? Is he still a good? Like, is he still as confident as he was? I mean, kind of. We got Jude Law to play him, but we really didn't capitalize on Jude Law's strengths, other no. than he is a drink None. of water, and that's about all we did. So it was really, really weird. The whole like I mean, they literally were like, "Hey, you're sexy. You want to play Dumbledore? Why? I don't know. Because we're Warner Brothers. Because <laughs> you're sexy." Right. That's not really the only reason. I mean, he is a good looking man. I'm not going to like, no, yeah, of they, they nailed that. Really uh, that. But I, it it's also great. like my wife is super into Harry Potter. And I remember she was super irked because there's a character McGonagall yeah. who is a professor during the yeah. Harry Potter times. I love this. And they gave her a shout out during like they mentioned her. Uh-huh. In She's in the room East in one of the two. Yeah. yeah. And like that's totally messed up. She wouldn't be that age. She wouldn't be there. Like it just it's you know it. just it I really just it. feels like ugh what I, are we doing y'all I love the shit that people get mad about like I love I love <laughs> I, and, I, and I mean it like when people can like get mad about it and have fun but I love the shit that people get mad about when it comes to their fandom where they're like 
they're like irked, but they're not mad that they're gonna like go on a tirade on like oh, Reddit yeah. or Twitter. But they're irked. They're like, well, she wouldn't be there, and it just doesn't make any sense. And I didn't like it. And then they yep. move on because yep. you can tell because I've been that mad about shit before, <laughs> where I'm like, no, and so. <laughs> It's just such no. a relatable moment. My wife told me this during the screening of the movie, like the first time. She's like, that's not that's not right. She wouldn't be there. And I was like, I'm sorry. Who are you talking about? I don't like, know you, lady. That like, this like Harry Potter. I know enough to be dangerous, but she like knows. Everything. No, there are some people that it's, are like, it's good, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that Harry fun. Potter lore is is I think. I like the Harry Potter within Harry Potter lore. I don't really care for the Fantastic Beasts and where to no. find them. I'd rather them go to the, what is the one with the sun? Uh, Cursed Child. The Cursed Child. I'd there's rather some, them make that movie. There's some good ideas there, but they're they're very clumsily executed. Is what I will what mm. I will say because there's a time travel element. There's an alternate oh, universe element, which like I'm Oof. all about well, like Warner brothers version. won't do it for that exact reason. <laughs> well, I mean like there's like a <laughs> rebel Hermione, like there's like a resistance Hermione version that pops up. Is she actually, in there. Black in this one? actually. Yes. Oh shit. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. The stage production has a black woman. They as do. Hermione. I do remember that. I do remember um, that. That was on Broadway, right? Yep. Yes. I think it still is. You blew, you blew Marcus's mind there for a minute. No, because it was a lot of uh, that was a lot of yeah. drama about that. It was because when yeah. people read the book, when you read the book, it is it's kind of clear that Hermione is black, or it's yeah. perceived to be that way. It depends on how you read it, honestly. I mean, I there's enough oh, this is room black. for interpretation, and yeah. then like beauty of books. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the it white... is the beauty of books. And then the white jumped out of some people and it's like, sit down and shut up. Like it's, it's fiction. Like this is not inherent to her character. Like it's made up. It was not at all. It was not at all. Like that's incredible. So Um, yeah, no, she's, she's black and she turns into like this resistance fighter. And it's like, that's, that's cool. Like I want to see more of that story. And then it's like, just kidding. We're going back anyway. Spoilers for the cursed child, I guess. I'm a little black woman. Oh, gentlemen. What do you all have? Yes, please. More air horns. Please. What do you all have to plug for this week's episode? Brian? Hey, y'all. I'm back on TikTok. I'm making silly videos. Uh, Rogue Roush. You'll find me there. I'm stitching. I'm stitching our films in black and white TikTok account. It was fun. <laughs> that was a lot of uh, fun. You'll probably actually. see more of that. Um, but yeah, I'm there. Check out thelovenerds.com. Get some comfort food. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Marcus, uh, uh, several things, several things, several things. Once again, follow the mantra, never offended, always humble. And also follow the mantra at underscore, underscore the mantra on Instagram. We just launched our new website, the mantra dot spread Go and find yourself some gear. There's like five designs up there. You can go ahead and find what you like. Pop yourself some gear. There's something for everybody, all the way from the doggies to the babies to the adulties. All right. So there's something there for everyone. So once again, that the is the Go ahead, shop, spoil yourself, then spoil others. Um, the last part about it is this is episode 99. Oh my gosh. Ooh. That means we are coming up on episode one. Love to see it. A hundred. A hundred of them. Incredible. A hundred. A hundred of them things. 
Um, <laughs> next week, what you'll see is a re-upload of an episode. Okay, we will not mm-hmm. be here. We will be with our friends at Backlot Six Hundred Five. Absolutely, let's sure talk about this in the, on the back end. Um, so we we was it? Hello, is that you, Lord? Oh, um, oh that's Jesus. my watch. I'm about to say what? Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I knew Jesus was a woman. Can you watch? Um, so back well, we we will have a re-uploaded episode next week, and then when we come back the following week on February 21st, recording live, and 23rd is when the episode comes out. We will have our 100th right. episode. We'll That's do right. Something. We'll do some some growing. May do some crying. You never know. But just all you got to do is just be. We're Ready. so excited. <laughs> um, realistically, that is all I was going to plug, other than the um, tune in next week to Backlot 605's episode. Um, they we are going to be on there talking about the help because you know who doesn't want to critique a Viola Davis movie? Um, <laughs> it's very much, and you know what? That's very much our shit and our vibe. It is that, it is. that movie. Um, I love it. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to do the 100th, and we are very, very excited. Um, we are working on a big announcement that will hopefully be here tomorrow morning, I'm hoping to have an update on, um, that I hope to, I will share with the Patty family. So join the Patty family to get that update first, um, and then we will go from there. But yeah, very excited to celebrate 100 episodes with these two upstanding gentlemen it has been a fantastic ride and look into the next 100 uh is what I'm yeah. um but i <coughs> brian mime and stuff it's my favorite um gentlemen we have a three-step process to success i've got a song brian let us know what do you got what's that first key to success all right y'all Read a book. There it is. That's my theme song. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm I'm gonna tell you some stuff here. There are some folks trying to remove books from libraries, Ooh. remove books from access. So this song could not be more pertinent because there are books that people don't want you to read. Go read them. <laughs> read that book. Listen to the song. Go read those books. We're talking about Handmaid's Tale. We're talking about Mouse. We're talking about Fahrenheit 451. We're talking about a whole bunch of books. Listen to that song. Go read those books and then go give those books to other people because they should not be taken out. They should be given into people's hands. Read a book. Absolutely. Kind of ironic that they're actually getting rid of Fahrenheit 451. It's a weird world we live in. Cut that irony with a knife. That irony could sustain you for a month. Um, gentlemen, our second key to success is to drink some water. Everybody, it is important to stay hydrated. It's important to make sure that you get your daily doses of water. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, also, I've learned that your daily doses is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But just drink some water. Keep yourself <laughs> hydrated. Stay just if you're thirsty, drink water. It's good for you. It'll help you function better drink water marcus what is our third step to success you at 99 you are one wipe away from 100 that's true okay? one wipe. you've been with us 100 episodes of us telling you to wipe and wash your ass and that's i just want to say i'm proud of you it's not good your little raw 
you 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 wiped until the red meat showed. You got a little blood on the little blood on there. There was a learning curve. Right. You did what you were supposed to. At least you know you're clean. Thank you for being here with us for 99 episodes. 99 wipes. Tell you for a hundred times. I'm a little head. horrified by what you just. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, it's nothing new. I mean, the bellwether for me was when your piss tastes like battery acid, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like that was that was that nice. was that was for me. I didn't no know what to do. No I think I think it's like I want it's like when you watch something really violent, like I'm just desensitized now yeah. to anything that comes up. Um wash your ass. That's, that's fantastic. Read a book, drink some water, wash your ass. The three steps to success. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode 99. We will be back not next week, but the next next week with episode 100 um come celebrate with us we're excited you're there we to be there but in the meantime and the between time stay safe stay healthy we love you and we will catch y'all later